Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Abby McDonald. Abby is the author of Shift, Changing Our Perspective to See the Presence of God. So join us today as we chat about seeing God in our lives right here, right now, no matter what situation you're going through. Get ready for a perspective shift. Hello, Abby. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. So, okay. So when I saw your book shift release, I knew immediately I wanted to have you on the show. Um, Even before this coronavirus stuff, but now even more so after this coronavirus quarantine, I just feel like we need a shift in perspective. And I know I have needed it and and I have a feeling that the women listening do too. So, Beyond our current set of circumstances, you believe that no matter our circumstances, we can see God in our lives right here and right now. So I'm interested to hear, did this book, this shift book, did it come out of your own need for a perspective shift? Yes, Rachel, absolutely. It came out of my own need for a shift and also stories that I would hear from friends and family and just a general difficulty seeing God during these certain seasons where, especially when we thought that we felt his prompting to take a step of faith and we were obedient and then we hit a wall. And I know that I've experienced that in my own life, uh, especially during seasons of transition. My husband and I have moved several times just due to his work. And we always sought the Lord in each of those moves and desired his will and did what we thought that he was asking us to do. And then there were times when after we were obedient, we just went through a season of complete chaos and just constant roadblocks and bumps in the road Um, Whether it be a house on the other side of the country that wouldn't sell and just sat there or not being able to find a place to live and just, you know, these these constant things. And uh, I think that the natural response is, where are you, God? You know, Mm -hmm. what what happened? What are you doing and why is this happening? And so, yes, it, it definitely was out of my own need to shift my perspective and really seek God during those difficult periods of my life. Well, so in order to see God in the midst of our struggles, we have to change the way we look for him. So how do we adjust our lens to focus our eyes on God rather than on what we wish we were seeing in our lives? Yeah, I think that that is a continual process and it's something that we will have to learn for the rest of our lives. But the way that it started for me is that I really started looking into the scriptures and digging in, um, particularly into the gospels and when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry. And I saw this continual getting away with the father And um, even when he faced persecution, even when his will went in direct opposition to what the father's will was, and you see that in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he says, not my will, 
but yours be done. Because if he had been uh, led by his own will, then he would have saved himself um, because mm-hmm. he, um, he was struggling. You know, he really, he knew what the torture that he was facing Um, But in the end, he was obedient to the father's will and he let the the spirit empower him to do what he needed to do and what he came to do. And so I think that it's um, really just a continual uh, getting away, um, taking these pauses um, throughout the day. I actually doing this, uh, I've been doing, going through this devotion, uh, it's by John Eldridge and he, uh, encourages people to do what they call a one minute pause. Um, and it's, they starts with one minute and then you gradually increase it to say five minutes or whatever you can do. And he says, during that time, you just say, God, I give everything and everyone to you and just release whatever it is that you're carrying. And I just find that so important um, to have those, those moments where we just meditate on God's goodness, on God's attributes. Uh, that's another thing that I talk about is just focusing on what, what was it that drew you to God in the first place, you know, was it his love or was it his grace? And those things about God have not changed because our circumstances have changed. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that a lot of times we expect life to look a certain way. And when it doesn't turn out according to our plan, Uh, then we think that, okay, something's wrong. You know, God's not here. He doesn't care. But God wants to surpass our expectations. He is limitless. And so I think that those are the things that we have to remember um, and really focus on when we're going through those times where we think that he's distant. And so those, those are just a few of the things that helped me to adjust my lens and see him in the midst of those difficult times. Yeah. Well, I'd love for you to expand a little bit um, on that about these seasons when he seems invisible, right. you know, like when, when, when the desires of our hearts are filled, it's easy to see God, right. but, but what about the seasons where he's invisible? Right. Right. Well, um, I think, again, you know, a lot of times we think that he's invisible because life is not turning out the way we anticipated. And I think that as humans, you know, we're we're never going to completely be able to release our expectations because that's just something that's built into us. You know, Um, we anticipate what's going to happen next as a result of a step that we take in our lives. But I think that if we let go of that just a little bit and however we choose to do that, whether it's, um, you know, that pause that I talked about where you, you just mentally release whatever it is to God or whatever way you find that helps you do that. 
but surrender whatever that burden it is you're carrying and just know that God's will is for our ultimate good. And so um, when we hit this difficult period or circumstance or this roadblock or this interruption to our plan, you know, what we, what we see ourselves doing, then it's not because God is punishing us. Um, it's because he has something better for us. And so I think that we, we constantly have to remind ourselves of that truth. Yeah. Well, you actually say that it's in the moments that when God seems invisible to us that are often when others see him the most in us. So what makes you come to that conclusion? Right. Well, honestly, it's because people have said to me during times when I was just so frustrated, you know, and I did not see what God was doing. I I really just wanted him to give me clarity, you know, and just show me, you know, what is it, God, you want me to do, you know, and I think all of us reach a point in our lives, you know, usually many times where we want that clarity and we want to see that next step he wants us to take. And so I have gone through seasons where I didn't think that anything I was doing was making a difference. I um, wondered if I had misheard God and whether I was just wasting my time with a number of different things, whether it be ministry or writing, um, pursuing a particular goal or dream that I thought that he was leading me to pursue. And I would have somebody say to me, Abby, your perseverance in this is just such an inspiration to me, you know, and he always gives me that person or that word of encouragement at just the right time when I'm ready to give up you know, and just throw in the towel. And that to me is just, it it illustrates that he is always working, you know, even when we don't see it. And by us being diligent and just keeping on and pressing forward, even when we don't see the result that we wanted or anticipated, others see that and they're watching And a lot of times they don't comment, but those times when they do are just so uplifting and so encouraging. And so I'm so thankful to those people in my life that have done that for me. Yeah. You know, I relate to so much of what you're saying and it just makes me think how important it is for us to reach out to others um, (laughs) when, because we really don't know how much maybe they are battling with the so-called, I guess, invisibility of God Mm -hmm. and how, when we give our sort of love offering, so to speak, that it it sort of makes God visible to them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, So you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about Jesus and you studying his life. So when he walked the earth, he looked to God for his earthly needs and um, and because of that, he had a deep relationship with the father that fueled his mission, his purpose, and his effectiveness. And scripture tells us that we can have that too. 
what shift needs to take place in our hearts and minds to achieve the same result? Yeah. So I think that a lot of times, uh, one of the things I talk about in my book is a lot of times I want God to give me a sign or a confirmation before I actually take the step forward that I feel like he's asking me to take. And because he is gracious and he's merciful toward us, um, he will give me that sometimes, but other times in my life, he hasn't. And so um, when I looked at those gospels, like I was talking about earlier, one thing that struck me and really stood out is how when Jesus called his first disciples, he had not done anything to really illustrate his power or show who he was. He simply walked by and he said, come, follow me. And that was enough, you know, and they, and they did, and they got up and they left everything and they followed him. And so there was something about Jesus that was so compelling to them that they were willing to take a risk and they were willing to go forward, even when they didn't know what the outcome would be and they were still learning who he was. And so I think that that parallels our own lives Because a lot of times we don't get that confirmation from God until we take that first step of obedience. And that's when we see it. And so that's one of the things that he shows me again and again. And sometimes that confirmation doesn't look exactly how I wanted it to. And other times I do hit a wall, um, like I talked talked about earlier but I do find that in somehow, in some way, he gives me that confirmation in his timing. Um, and he lets me know that it was him, you know, and that that was his call, whatever it was that he was asking me to do that. And I think a lot of times um, it comes in the form of peace, you know, just having that peace, even though things don't turn out exactly the way I wanted them to. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. Follow the peace for sure. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, one of the quotes from your book that I love says, God's faithfulness is not a result of what he does, but who he is. Mm -hmm. And this has been, I don't know, I guess trying to come from my heart because another friend of mine had just been saying like what a difference there is between gratitude and praise and just praising God for who he is and not what he can do for us. So this is like, okay, I'm, I'm, my ears are perked now. (laughs) I get it. So, so I guess, would you say first, who is God? Mm -hmm. And then secondly, how do we shift from expecting something from him and just instead praising him for who he is? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, Rachel. So, oh man, um, who it's is hard? Who, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who? That's yeah. Who is God? Um, he is the great I am. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything, mm-hmm. and so for me to shift my perspective from what he does to who he is. I think that um, for me, 
it I love what you said about about the worship versus gratitude or the praise versus gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something about declaring out loud with our mouths who God is that helps us shift our perspective the way I talk about in my book to me just reading about it you know or reflecting on it mentally is not enough for me especially when I go through those seasons where it is hard you know and it's a continual process where I have to fight every day against my flesh and what my flesh wants versus the spirit, you know, and the how the spirit is leading me. And so um, whether it's a worship song that I just have to crank up really loud and sing to the Lord, or if it's a psalm declaring who God is, um, a verse, whatever it is, just saying it out loud, um, declaring that with, with my mouth, even when I don't fully believe it. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's almost like, um, you know, that scripture where the man asked Jesus to heal his son. And he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, just uh, de declaring those truths, I think that we will see a shift um, if we keep doing that and are faithful to saying those praises out loud, even when we don't feel it. So, yeah. you know, what something I admire about you, and I'm so thankful you're honest about this is that, you know, we, it's a daily process. We don't yeah. just shift once. Right. And yes. then we're done. Yeah. That it's like, we, it's a continuous renewal of our mind and, 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 and it's work. Yes. Right? It is work. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so Sometimes, I mean, I know this is true of my life, that sometimes we allow our life's messes to distance us from God. Mm -hmm. But but you suggest that instead we allow them to humble us. Mm -hmm. so, so how do we continue to draw closer to the heart of God sort of in the middle of our messes? Yeah, I one thing that helps me is just really being honest with God about what it is we're going through. Um, one of the things that I talk about in my book is how I love reading some of the Psalms of David because David just laid it all out there, you know, and he was honest with God about what he was feeling, what he was going through. And a lot of these Psalms that I read, you know, when he's running from King Saul and he's fearing for his life and he's wondering, when, when is this all going to end? You know, God, you, you anointed me to be king and here I am, you know, running from this crazy king and he wanted deliverance as any of us would. But there is something about getting completely raw and honest with God that brings a divine recognition of who he is. And you see that in these Psalms because they'll start out with something and I'm not quoting directly, but, you know, like, where are you, God? You know, how long, mm -hmm. how long? And then as you read through, it ends with, just declaring God's goodness and his faithfulness and just a knowledge that 
he he's there, you know, even in the middle of what he's going through. So I think that we need to do that in our own lives too, you know, and it's not because God doesn't know. I mean, he, of course he knows he's God, mm-hmm. but it is that relationship, you know, and that drawing close to him and us for our own heart and our own spirit. And when we do that, um, I believe that he does um, through, through this, his spirit, you know, and his, his own way, he causes that shift and he makes us realize who he is and the fact that he is there and he's faithful and he's going to help us get through it. So that's something that helps me and something that I have to continually practice when I'm going through those messes and just um, humbling myself and saying, you know, God, I can't do this without you. I, I need you and I need your help. You know, I'm noticing that common thread through so much of what you're saying is this, this idea of surrender and mm-hmm. letting it down and, and just our necessity for him. I mean, we, yeah. we can shift our perspective, but we need him to yes. we need his spirit to help us shift too. You right. Know, how much of it cannot be done even in our own strength, but, but, but in his strength. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, because, because of the heart, of this podcast. I I love that you say that faith is activated not by seeing, but by doing. Mm -hmm. So how has this proven true within your own life? Yeah. Well, I talked a little bit about it earlier, you know, how a lot of times God doesn't give me that confirmation until I take that first step. But um, that quote was actually inspired by the, what the, many people call the faith chapter in Hebrews, Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, where it just goes through all these heroes of the faith, you know, and and what they did and how they continue to follow God in the midst of these difficult circumstances. And what's always just blown me away is when you get to the end of that chapter, it says that those people did not even see what Mm -hmm. God promised. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't until, um, they got to the other side of eternity and it says, because God wanted something better and that's not a a direct quote, Mm -hmm. but, um, just summarizing, but God wanted something better for them. And so I think that, um, we, a lot of times, you know, like I said before, we, we want to see, you know, and that's, that's fine. That's human, but it isn't until we start doing, um, what God wants us to do and what we know he wants us to do that he really builds that faith. You know, he builds that those faith muscles. And as we continue on that journey, it grows, you know, and, we see him working in the midst of it all, but we have to take that first step and and it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's like walk by faith almost. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, so some of us (laughs) maybe sometimes are tempted to view our trials through maybe the filter of punishment Mm-hmm. instead of viewing them through the lens that we should regard every aspect of our lives, which um, 
So, which you say is, is God's love. So, so how do we start to view it through love rather than punishment? Well, I think that what helps me is just looking at my relationship with my own kids. I mean, my, my kids teach me and I know um, probably not everybody that listens to this podcast has kids. So, you know, for those of us that don't have kids, then just think about somebody that you love, you know, that, um, that whether it's a niece or a nephew or somebody that you have sort of that nurturing relationship with that you pour into, but, um, with my own kids, you know, I I don't always give them what they want. (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, um, I mean, my, my three-year-old daughter can be pretty manipulative, but, (laughs) um, it's, you know, I have to tell them no, and that's for their own good you know, and that it's so that they'll learn and they'll grow. And I even have to let them fail, which is one of the hardest things when you're learning as a mother to, mm. to watch your kid fail. But I think it's, it's part of life, you know, and it's something that we have to let them do so that they will become thriving adults one day. And so um, when I think about my relationship with my kids in the way that I don't always give them what they want. I do punish them uh, sometimes for um, not doing what they want us to do. And I know that um, I say not to view um, these things through the filter of punishment, but I'm just using this as an example of, you know, how, how we want the best for our kids. Right. And so that does not even compare to the love that God has for us. I mean, it's, it's just an inkling. And I love that verse in Ephesians where it's where Paul's saying that I pray that you will know how long and how wide and how deep the love of, of Christ is. And we can't even fathom, fathom it, you know? And so um, just thinking about that, I have to believe that somehow in some way that I don't understand fully yet that these trials that I go through and the pain that I experience that, that God is loving me through it. And I know that he is because he, he confirms it in my spirit. And so, yeah, I think that we just have to continually um, shift, (laughs) you know, like, like, like the, like I talk about in the book and Mm -hmm. yep, it's, it's a process for sure. You're also quoted to say in a world where people believe truth is fluid, Mm -hmm. followers of God build altars to remind them that it's unchanging. And so I told you my ears were parked earlier with what we were talking about, yeah, like what God's been teaching me. And so no kidding, Abby, just this week, um, for whatever, just because we're recording during, during the coronavirus, I was just sort of thinking about all the times that God worked a miracle, you know, we're praying for a miracle right now. And then I was thinking about after God did, people built altars to remember, yeah 
um, you know, his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so then you were talking about um, in your book about, uh, you know, his faithfulness, remembering his faithfulness to us. So I guess that's my question for you is, is how does remembering God's faithfulness give you the confident assurance of his future faithfulness? Yeah, I think that it gives me the confident assurance of his faithfulness, because if I look back during those periods of my life where he he was faithful and he did get me through whatever it was that uh, if I'm honest, I, I questioned, you know, I questioned his faithfulness and I questioned whether or not he was really there. But um, I think that time brings perspective and I've heard uh, the allusion to fingerprints before, you know, how you, how you don't see fingerprints when people are leaving them on different objects, but later, you know, you, you can see them and, mm-hmm. um, and how we can use that perspective with God. And I believe it's true and that he, a lot of times it, it isn't until we get on the other side that we see how faithful he was and the fact that he was working through. And sometimes if he had given us what we wanted, it would have been really bad, you know, (laughs) and, you know, and, um, in our flesh and in our selfishness, we, we often want what we want, you know, and we want it Mm -hmm. now. And, Mm -hmm. but God knows better and he knows, what is going to be best for us in the end. He knows, um, he sees the person, not only that we are now, but the person that we're becoming. And so, yeah, I think that um, writing things down, um, that's something that I've gotten better at over the past few years. I haven't always been great at it, but when God answers a prayer or even when I'm still going through it, you know, just record it, you know, write it down. And that helps me to look back and to remember that he was faithful and that he carried me through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another quote from your book that really resonated with me says that if we want to be a light, we must realize we are working for God, even when no one else is looking. Yeah. And to, to me, I mean, this is like a heart check moment. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, are we doing things for <laughs> accolades or and to be noticed? Or are we just doing it? Yeah. You know, so, so how do we ensure that we maintain the right motives? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's a hard one for me. It, it is because I'm a gold star girl and, you know, I want, it's like, I want credit, you know, I, <laughs> um, I think this just uh, asking ourselves, you know, and with just being honest, completely get honest. And I think that, you know, we're, we're never going to do things with like, you know, just, like complete whole holy perfection you know and just like have no selfish motive whatsoever I think that's a little unrealistic but I think just asking ourselves you know am I doing this to glorify God to point others to God to God's love and to show them the love that he has for them or am I just doing this so that I'll get a pat on the back and so that they'll think better of me, 
you know? Um, And that's a question I have to constantly ask myself. And a lot of times, you know, I, it is so that people will see me and notice me. And those are the times when I have to say, okay, is this really something God wants me to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, and so that's when I just come to God in prayer and I ask him to search my heart. You know, I think that's one of the most bold prayers that we can pray is search my heart, God. And, and he, he will, you know, he'll reveal what our true motives are and give us confirmation of whether or not we need to pursue it or whether we just need to leave it. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's difficult for sure, but I think that it gets easier as we move forward and just mm-hmm. knowing that, that he always sees, you know, he, he sees the work that we're doing and he knows our hearts and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Shift our perspective off of ourselves yeah. and shift it to glorifying him. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So Abby, this season, I'm asking all of my guests who has loved them well. Yeah. So, so who has loved you well and how have they loved oh, you? Well? I love that. Yeah. So I have to say my husband, uh, Rachel, and I, that feels like an easy answer, but, but when I saw that question, um, and you sent it to me earlier, I just immediately thought of him. He has always supported me in pursuing my dreams and just championed my writing and teaching, whatever it is, and tried to give me space to do that. And, then with all this craziness our our world is going through right now with this coronavirus, he's just really stepped up to help with the kids and be there as much as he can to help out in day-to-day things. So I am super grateful for him and he's my person for sure. How long have you been married? We have been married 13 years. 13 years. Oh, my husband and I just this month um, are going to celebrate um, 14 years. So we, 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 we found that out about each other. Just um, you and I, like we both have an 11 year old and eight year old. We've got a lot in common. We do. So, okay. So I know listeners are going to want to keep in contact with you. So how can they best do that? They can find me at Abby, my uh, goodness, Abby org. And I do have a subscriber freebie. It's called the Daughter's Manifesto for those who sign up for email updates. And it's a reminder of who we are in Christ, especially on those times when we feel like we're not enough and we need that confirmation. And so that's where they can find me. Yeah. Which for me is a lot. I need that confirmation all the time. Yeah. That sounds like a terrific resource. So, Abby, thank you so much for being my guest today and for helping us to change our focus to see the presence of God no matter what our circumstance. God bless you, Abby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel.
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with Abby McDonald. I hope and pray that it helped you shift your perspective no matter what you are going through. If you're interested in the show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams Author on Facebook or on Instagram. You can also have them sent directly to your inbox each week by going to rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Caitlin Chapel Rogers. Caitlin is the author of Not From God. And in her episode, we discuss lies that we have believed about ourselves and about our lives. And so she helps us to to know the difference, learn the difference between what is from God and what is not from God. So we can walk confidently in that knowledge. I hope that you have a terrific week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until we meet again, remember to lead with love.